0: time to talk sports. 96.5 is 600 KGEZ and the Knock On Sports is on the air. Here's your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Good evening and welcome. Welcome indeed here to a Monday night edition of the Knock On Sports. Hope you guys are having a great Monday. What a beautiful day outside really wish I could be doing the show outside right now. I know it's getting cooler, but I still really wish I could do it uh, outside. Thanks for tuning in here on a Monday. Before we get into NFL free agency, you know what week it is. It is that time. We missed it so much last year. We know why it had to be canceled now. But still, it's March Madness Week. It is time for the first and second round. It's time for 68 teams. It is time for all the madness to once again happen. Now, I know this is all taking place entirely in Indiana and Indianapolis, but still, I will take having the tournament in one location over not having a tournament at all. I will definitely say that. I miss the Incivilite tournament. I really, really do. And so it kind of, it was really, it was really tough last year. Now, obviously we were still learning so much about what was going on with COVID at the time. So that kind of took precedent, but still we didn't have an incidentally tournament last year. And on top of that too, Montana sports betting fans. Hey, one of the biggest events of the year to gamble on is happening this weekend. I will say this, if you don't have the money to gamble, do not gamble. All right, as my grandfather once told me, if you can literally take a twenty-dollar bill and set it on fire, then you can gamble, and that's why I don't gamble for a whole lot of reasons. <laughs> um, I wish I would have gambled on the Bucks last year. I wish I had a little more faith on that one. But hindsight is twenty-twenty. But either way, it's an exciting week. The NCAA tournament back. Uh, be going to be fun. Saw the selection show yesterday. Eastern Washington getting a 14 seed, which was kind of surprising, but I have to imagine just due to the Limited number for, of games and things like that for other teams. Uh, maybe they just were able to benefit this year because I'll tell you what, Montana hasn't been that lucky uh, to get a, a 14 seed in the past, and there's been years where we really thought that they could have been a 14 seed and maybe even won a game. Now, that's not to say Eastern Washington can't win this weekend, which obviously they do have a chance to considering Kansas is come, will be coming off COVID protocols because they had to push pause on their advancement within the Big 12 tournament last week. So we'll see what happens. But all this week on the Knockout on Sports, we are going to be having guests on the show. They are going to pick one region of the NCAA tournament. And this is going to go on the Knockout on Sports Show Bracket Challenge. I posted the link on Facebook. So go to the Knockout on Sports Show and you'll see the link there. Just click it. It'll take you right to the page. Create your bracket. It's a lot of fun. Sign up. Get your bracket filled out before Friday. And tell me who you think is going to end up winning it. I already have one bracket filled out, and there's plenty of upsets. So can't wait to see how many she gets right, because it could be be a really, really interesting bracket. But as I mentioned, we're going to have guests on the show to pick each region of one bracket. Uh, Tonight, we will have Alec Boffinger from... The Montana Sports, as we will have him pick the West Region. He will pick the West Region tonight, but that's after we talk high school basketball around the state of Montana as uh, the state tournament's wrapped up this past weekend and the winter season is officially done. Joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline tonight, along with Alec Boffinger, is good friend of the show, Greg Peterson, from the Vegas Stats and Information Network, as we're going to get his thoughts on the field for uh, the March Madness Tournament. What upsets does he like? Which teams are a little too overhyped? Who is he concerned about with a bad matchup? We'll get all of his thoughts on the March Madness Tournament here in about 10 minutes. So I look forward to that conversation. But like I said, we will have more guests on the show Uh, through the course of the weekend. We will have them predict one bracket, one region each should be a lot of fun. So looking forward to bringing that to you. I'm very curious to see what Alec picks in the West region because he does get Gonzaga, who a lot of people like to win the national championship this year. And I'll tell you what, it is tough to pick against them. They're number one or in the top five in a lot of metrics and a lot of analytics. So, again, it's going to take a really phenomenal effort to knock off this team or a really bad one by Gonzaga uh, to be knocked out of this tournament. It can happen. We have seen teams that we thought were unstoppable get knocked out of the NCAA tournament before. So we'll see. For a lot of us here in Northwest Montana, though, we're hoping that doesn't happen for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Along with that, want to commend all the state championship teams this past weekend. Uh, absolutely congratulations to them. Skyview and Capital, along with Lodgegrass on the boys' side, Big Timber on the girls' side and Class B, as well as Scobie and Class C boys and Fort Benton and Class C girls. Now, I will say this. I find it interesting, and I know, I know there's probably a couple other teams in there as well that probably could have won a state championship last year that's already won one now, but because there was co-champions, as we know, it's interesting Two teams that finished last year as co-champions ended up winning a state championship, at least in Class AA, the the league I see the most of. Capital Girls coming from behind and beating Hellgate. Uh, It sounded like there was a little bit of controversy late because of a technical, and that was a seven-point swing on one possession. How much does that change the game if it's not a technical there? Who knows? Who knows? But either way, Capital gets the job done. They are the state champions. And I think at the same time, too, this was a group that you definitely looked at and you had to know that they were going to win a state title. I mean, just how talented this group was, it was going to be one of those teams that if they didn't win, it was going to be the team that you looked at that probably came so close and should have won a state championship if they didn't finish it on Saturday night. But they did, so we don't have to talk about that. For Hellgate, on the other hand, on their girls' side, I look at them as the favorite going into next season. They're definitely the favorite in the West. Obviously, Billings West has got something to say about that because they had so many young players playing this season. But um, Hellgate and Billings West look like, and I know it's way too early, and we'll we'll get into those series a little later on uh, in April, but it's way too early. But I got to imagine Hellgate and Billings West are your early favorites for next season season. For high school basketball. Should be really interesting. Obviously, I'll be breaking that down, like I said, towards April and May. We'll get into the way too early series. I also want to commend Coach Danny Sprinkle and the Montana State Bobcats as they were able to get to the Big Sky Conference Championship game. They made it close late. Again, Eastern Washington, they had done it the night before against Montana. They're just able to defensively get you off your rhythm early, and they're so good early on in offense that. They build a lead that's almost too insurmountable to overcome. Montana came so close. I think it had not been for a couple of questionable calls late in a certain stretch. Maybe Montana State's able to make that game a lot closer than what the final ended up being. But again, give a lot of credit to Montana State because they are at one point down by 20. They got it within, I want to say, seven points uh, before Eastern Washington was able to go on another run. So, again, congratulations to Coach Danny Sprinkle and that Montana State Bobcats team. As, again, Danny Sprinkle has done a lot of great things in two years with the Montana State Bobcats. I loved his quote. You heard me say it on Friday, that he's not here to coach just in semifinal games. They're there to get to the championship game and win Big Sky titles, and they almost did it. Uh, boy, it would have been sweet to see them if they would have been able to get to a uh <laughs> get to the NCAA tournament and have another Montana team there and make it three years in a row, at least of a Montana team in the NCAA tournament. But unfortunately, that just did not happen. Uh, Let's jump into some NFL free agency news as some big signings going on for Broncos fans. They signed cornerback Ronald Darby to a three-year $30 million Uh, contract, $19.5 million fully guaranteed. Gronkowski returns to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year $10 million deal. Leonard Floyd is staying with the Rams as he re-signed with Los Angeles, four years, $64 million. The Patriots have been spending money. They signed Nelson Aguilar, agreeing to a two-year $26 million contract. The Raiders... Land uh, defensive lineman Yannick Ngakwe to a two-year $26 million. That feels like a pretty good deal for them. The Chargers upgraded their offensive line to protect Justin Herbert by signing former Green Bay All-Pro center Corey Lindsley. Uh, Joe Thune, who was with the Patriots, signed with the Chiefs on a five-year $80 million deal, and it sounds like more money might come free for the Chiefs as a few other deals are being reworked. New England stays busy as their Patriots and uh, defensive back Jalen Mills came to term to a contract. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Texans signed Andre Roberts to a two-year deal. Uh, Jonu Smith, uh, former tight end for the Titans, is signed with the Patriots now. Um, Cardinals re-signed Marcus Golden. uh, Pass rusher Romeo Aquara. Uh, signed with the Lions, and is staying in Detroit. Shaq Barrett, probably the early signee big news. He is staying with Tampa Bay, and his deal is about four years, $72 million, 36 of which is guaranteed. Uh, Packers fans can rejoice as Aaron Jones agreed to a four-year, $48 million contract. I'm not sure. Do you sign the offensive lineman or sign the running back? Because if a guy that you have to find to replace Linsley can't block, then Rodgers is in trouble, and Jones is in trouble because we saw what happened in the NFC championship game because of that pass rush Tampa Bay was getting, and they were doing some nice things up the middle as well. So if you take away an all-pro center, that might be some trouble. But again, Packers get Aaron Jones back. Who are some of the top free agents left? Well, that is Trent Williams, the offensive lineman, so Green Bay could potentially get him. Uh, There's Bud Dupree, the outside uh, linebacker for Pittsburgh. Who knows if he goes back to the Steelers. You have Trey Hendrickson from the Saints. I don't know if the Saints can get him back, but they may try. But I think at the same time, too, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking for pass rushers, especially considering some of the top pass rushers are already off the board. J.D. Clowney is also there as well uh i i think i think he can be had on the cheap just because again he just he hasn't had a stellar career since even you know he's had a couple of good seasons like he had a good season with seattle had a good season a couple of seasons with houston but last year with tennessee just didn't quite work out so i'm i'm not sure what the market would be on clowny but I imagine because of his size, he'll attract some interest, but he's just not going to be that premier pass rusher everyone is going to be uh, handing out millions and millions of dollars to, I would imagine. So it makes it really interesting. And on top of that, too, what is Russell Wilson willing to do? Obviously, we know that the situation in Seattle is a bit tense, to say the least, as Russell Wilson's made it apparent and made it known how he feels within the Seahawks organization. But again, as I mentioned, Russell Wilson commands 17.5% of that cap space. Again, you've also got defensive guys like Bobby Wagner that command a good deal of money as well. And so it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks front office does with free agency. But again, they've got some pieces that they got to put together, and along with that, got to try and help build that offensive line so that way they can try and get the running game going and as well as protect Russell Wilson, who apparently, and I can't blame him because a lot of quarterbacks don't like to be hit, but they don't like to be sacked as quite as much as Russell Wilson has. I'm sure we'll get Brandon Schultz here on the line at some point, either next week or sometime this week, but uh, we'll get his thoughts on what the Seahawks priorities need to be in NFL free agency. So that's going to open things up here on the knockout on sports. We'll go ahead and take a break. When we come back, Greg Peterson from the Vegas stats and information network will join me. We'll get his thoughts on the NCAA tournament as that gets underway later this week.